I'm going to be reading from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47. Ezekiel 47 and the first 12 verses. Ezekiel is speaking here, and he said, Then he brought me, meaning the Lord, or the the Lord or the uh, angel that's been speaking with Ezekiel, then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the front of the temple faced the east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate, and he led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running on the right side. Then when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, which would be about 1,800 feet, measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. And again, he measured 1,000, and he brought me through, and the water came up to my waist. And again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim a river that could not be crossed. Then he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me, returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river, there were very many trees on one side and the other. And he said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, whether the rivers go th- wherever the rivers go through, will live. And there will be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from En Gedi uh, to En and they will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same great kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed, and they will be given over to salt. All along the bank of the river on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, that their f- and their fruit will not fail." They will bear fruit every month because their waters flow from the sanctuary. The fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. One of the greatest needs in this world today is for life, real life. The need isn't for more knowledge or busyness or stuff, but life. Now, I'm pro-life. I'm pro-life from the womb to the tomb for everyone. That's what it means to be pro-life. A lot of people are just pro-birth, but they're not pro-life in the broader sense of the word. Pro-life. 
especially the life from heaven that God has for us. We need that life. The life I'm speaking of is the life, the abundant life that Jesus spoke of and offers to all those who will follow him. You may have heard it said that Jesus didn't come into this world to make bad people good. He came into this world to make dead people live. I am come that you might have life. He didn't say I've come to make you good, which we should be. If we're following Jesus and have a desire in our heart to be more Christ-like and as we yield to him, he will make us to be good people. But he came to give us life. And goodness is just an outflow of that. He came to make dead people Live. Colossians 2.13 says, We were dead in our trespasses, but we have been made alive together with Christ. We bury the dead man when we're baptized, and maybe we'll be having a baptism service here before the end of the year, so those of you that still need to be baptized since you've become a follower of Jesus, let's, uh, let's get that on the calendar, and let's, uh, let's plan on that. You can talk to me about that. But we bury the dead man, the old man, in baptism that we might walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11 speaks of all of that. Our text today in Ezekiel speaks of rivers of water flowing from the temple of God. Joel 3.18 speaks of a fountain flowing from the house of God. Zechariah 14.8 speaks of living water flowing from Jerusalem. Jesus used this picture when he was teaching, when speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us that well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water, meaning the water in the well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And then at the Feast of Tabernacles in John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, it says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood out, stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Yes. Living water from Jesus. And that will be coming from us, from him to us, from us to wherever we go. But then John follows in the next verse, verse 39, speaks that says that Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit. But he spoke concerning the Spirit, 
whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus speaks of this living water, and John clarifies that, saying he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that life within us that builds up and outflows from us. So let's look at our text in Ezekiel with the Holy Spirit in mind. With the Holy Spirit in mind, in Ezekiel's vision, he sees water flowing from under the threshold of the temple in verses 1 and 2. There's an old hymn that goes back to 1854 that says, Shall we gather at the river? And the chorus, part of the chorus goes, Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river, Gather with the saints at the river that flows from the throne of God. There's a river that flows from the throne of God, and God calls us to go diving in. It was likely inspired by Revelation 22, the first two verses, where John is seeing in his vision, and he says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month, and its leaf, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Kind of the same picture that we see there in, in Ezekiel chapter 12. As it flowed, as that, as that river flowed, it watered the tree of life, which produced fruit for food each month and leaves for medicine, for healing. We see that in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 12, along the bank of the river and on this side and that grow all kinds of trees used for food and its leaves will not wither and its fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water, their water flows from the sanctuary the fruit will be for food and the leaves for medicine. That same picture, Ezekiel 47, Revelation 22, that river of life. Yes. Amen. There's always a greater depth for us to experience. The first uh, verses five, uh, three through five of our text. Then when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. Are you in up to your ankles this morning in your experience with God? Well, Ezekiel goes on to say, and he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the water came up to my knees. And he measured 1,000 more, and he brought me through, and it was up to my waist. Are you into your ankles? Are you into your knees? Are you into your waist and the things of God and experiencing him? You can always go deeper. There's always more. And he measured 1,000 more, and it was a river that I could not cross. That's what God has for us. He has a river, not just ankle deep, not just knee deep, not just waist deep, but a river that we cannot cross unless we go swimming in it. Yes. And then it's so broad we may not ever cross it. 
God always has more for us. We are born of the Spirit when we put our trust in Jesus for salvation. Then we go on to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this is sometimes called the, the, uh, receiving the fullness of the Spirit. We may receive the fullness of Him, but the problem comes is He, don't get the, the, he, he doesn't receive the fullness of us. He wants the fullness of us as much as He wants to give us the fullness of Himself. And if he doesn't have the fullness of us, this prevents us from experiencing the fullness of the Spirit. That's right, yeah. Amen. Used to be a little chorus, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. I want more of Jesus, so rich, so full, so free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. God always has more for us. He always has more. You see the difference between receiving and experiencing? We can receive Jesus as our Savior, but are we experiencing what he has for us, all that he has for us? There's always more. We can always go deeper. Just by way of illustration, you can go out, and you can buy a brand new computer. We receive all of it, but we only really use a little bit of it. Yeah, I use it to check my Facebook status and need to know something, I Google something. And for many, that's as far as it goes. But that computer can do so much more. For the price we pay for those things, it better do more than that. Well, I do play Scrabble on it. Well, good. <laughs> that computer is capable of so much and has so much more to offer any of us than what we are already using it for. And that's just a, a little way of illustrating that we receive the Holy Spirit, but we only experience a little bit of what really that means. He always has more. He always has more. When we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are truly immersed in Him, but experientially we've just gotten our feet wet. Just gotten our feet wet. We need to wade out farther and deeper up to our knees, up to our waist, and beyond. We must realize there is such a depth and expanse to the Holy Spirit that we could never swim across. With a great and wide river before us, let us not be content merely getting our feet wet. Yes. Some of us come to the Holy Spirit and we get our feet wet and that's as far as it goes. It wouldn't be so bad, but then we step out and our feet dry off. Stay in the water. Stay in the river. Go a little deeper. You can always go deeper. Verses 8 through 12 of our text speaks of wherever the river flows, it brings life 
that brings healing yes. and it brings fruitfulness. Yes. That's what the Holy Spirit brings. Life and healing and fruitfulness. The picture that we, we see here is a picture of the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. Now the name Dead Sea is not found in the Bible. The Dead Sea is a body of water between Israel and Jordan. It's also called the Salt Sea. Nothing grows in there. There's no fish, no plants. Because there is such a high content of salt in there that nothing can grow in it. It is the lowest elevation and the lowest body of water on the surface of Earth at some uh, 1,400 feet below sea level. Nothing can live there because it's too salty. Sadly, the Dead Sea has shrunk by more than a third over the last 50 years and continues to recede by, uh, at a rate of about three feet per year. So some are fearing that one day this Dead Sea is going to just be gone. You know, we, uh, when we were in Israel, we, we, we saw the Dead Sea. And we could see that way back there is where the water level used to be. And now the water level is out there. And it's kind of sad to, to see that, knowing that the water level used to be someplace where it's not now. But people still go there and they still float in it and they're just like a bobber on top of, <laughs> top of the lake, you know. And uh, because, of the, because of the properties, the mineral properties in the water, people go there because it's good for the skin and stuff. But the focus of Ezekiel's vision here is, is not about the Dead Sea, although that's the picture that's used. He uses that to paint this picture. The vision is about the river from the throne of God bringing life wherever it flows. The focus is on the river, not on the Dead Sea. And if that river that's flowing from the temple, from the throne of God, would flow into the Dead Sea, fish would be able to live there. Fish would be able to live and thrive and multiply. Fishermen would be able to fill their nets as if they were fishing in the Great Sea, as it mentions in verse 10, the Mediterranean. Nothing grows there now, but if that water from the throne could flood that, fish could begin to grow and thrive, and fishermen could catch all kinds.
David wrote in the, in the uh, first psalm, the first three verses, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a That river of life also brings healing. The Holy Spirit brings healing wherever he goes. Physical healing, spiritual healing, relational healing. Wherever healing is needed, let the Holy Spirit flow there and bring his healing. If we see ourselves as the trees in Ezekiel's vision, or as in the first psalm, we can be like healing leaves to others when we let the Holy Spirit work through us. We can give a prayer, an encouraging word, an appropriate scripture passage, a helping hand, even a simple smile can bring healing to a person. The jester, a jester, <laughs> think of a clown, huh? The gesture of kindness we extend might be the answer to someone's prayer. It might be the glimmer of hope in someone's time of darkness. It might be the direction for someone who seems lost on life's journey. That can happen through us. We can be instruments of healing to those around us if we let the Holy Spirit work for us through us. But in verse 11, an interesting verse, it says, but the, its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Another version says, but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. See, there are those who have not heard the true message of Jesus. Or they have not believed the message. Maybe they've heard a message about some kind of Jesus, but maybe they have not heard the true message. That God loves them and Jesus came to bring them life. Jesus didn't come to take away life, he came to give life. 
And there are people who haven't heard that message. And it's the church's job, and we are the church, to go into all the world and preach that gospel so that others might come into the life-giving river of life that flows from the throne of God. Again, I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. And then when the man went out to the east where the line was in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my ankles. And again he measured 1,000, and he brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my knees. And he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and it came up to my waist. And again he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Wherever you are at in your walk with the Lord, there's more. You can go farther. You can go deeper. Maybe you've barely gotten your feet wet as a Christian. Maybe you've dipped your big toe. Go deeper. Maybe you've barely gotten your feet wet as a Christian. You can go deeper. Maybe you're in there ankle deep. You can go deeper. Maybe you've waded in up to your knees. Go deeper. Maybe you're in up to your waist. Go deeper. Maybe you're in up to your neck with Christianity. Go deeper. You're not going to drown. Go deeper. Go deeper. Those that would say, I'm up to my neck with this Christianity thing. I'd say, no, you're not. You don't know the first part about it if you have that attitude. Yeah, I'm in up to my neck with this. I've had enough of this. No, you're not in up to your neck. You need to dive in. That's what you need to do. You need to dive in. Get in over your head. There's always more. Always more. Always more. So as the worship team comes, I throw out the question, who wants more? Let's go. Let's go. Who wants to go deeper? Come. Who wants to get beyond the wet toe up to the deep, up to the ankle, up to the knees, up to the waist, and get to that place where you can't even swim across it, it's so deep. I do, I do. There's life there. There's fruitfulness there. There's healing there. So this morning we're going to open the altars and as the worship team leads us in some songs, by you coming forward today, you're telling the Lord, yes, I want more. I want to go deeper. I need that life. I need that fruitfulness in my life. I need that healing in my life. And so go ahead and start singing. And if you want to say to the Lord, take me deeper, Lord. Take me deeper. You come on up and let's worship around the altar and let the Lord touch you today. And I know that Justin has requested a healing. He's got a thing going with his back that he don't need. 
Well, let the river of God that flows from his throne touch you this morning so that you can receive your healing, Justin. If anybody else needs that healing touch, you come on up here as well. Take us deeper, Lord. Take us deeper, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord.